episode 235, bonus edition, interview with Dustin Pearson. Hi, I'm Dennis Sheeran. And I'm Raymond Steinmetz from the Instant Relevance Podcast. And we're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey y'all, it's Gretchen from Always a Lesson here to empower you. I want you to reach your potential and that's why I say you are elite. I really want to acknowledge the fact that you take time to invest in yourself by listening to a podcast just like this one so you can hone your craft. Today is a special day. We have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite that passion and potential by learning from another elite educator. His name is Dustin Pearson. He's got quite an empowering message to share with you today. But before we dive in, let me share a little bit more about him with you. So Dustin is a seven-year educator in suburban Kansas City, Missouri. He teaches high school special education. He's a devout believer and practitioner of relationship building with all stakeholders, and he uses differentiated instruction, PBL, inquiry, and career-based practices so that he can prepare his students for post-secondary success. Dustin's also a leader, a writer, a learner, and implements a holistic whole child approach that is based on reflection, mindfulness, and compassion. Dustin's actually completing his very first novel on building effective co-teaching teams, and he's going to begin his doctoral and educational leadership in the summer of 2021. We are so excited for everything that he has coming his way, and I'm excited for you to hear our conversation. So let's get to it. Well, hey, Dustin, thank you for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to finally touch base. And again, Happy New Year to you, your family, and everyone else that's listening. Um, I hope all of you have had a great holiday season. I know we're getting close to when we go back to work, whether that's in the classroom, virtually, or whichever method. So so it's great to connect, and I'm definitely looking forward um, to um, picking each other's brains a little bit. Yeah, this is going to be a really good conversation. So I'm going to dive in. Why don't you start just explaining how our paths crossed? um, Because I think it's interesting and is helpful for others to think about how they may connect with other educators. So go ahead and share that really quick. Yeah, absolutely. For for those that don't know, I'm a I am a high school special education teacher outside of the Kansas City, Missouri area. And how our paths crossed was through social media and it was Twitter. And I want to say it's been maybe a couple weeks or a couple months, but mm-hmm. one of us followed each other and I don't know who was first. And I know I looked at some of the work you've been doing and it really stood out to me, your passion to help other educators, your experience mm-hmm. in the classroom. And so that's how our friendship 
uh, began was through Twitter. And so we would message each other, like each other's posts. And really, that's how that relationship started. And so when you were um, talking about your podcast, you know, I love talking about education. I love talking about we are one team, my hashtag and the work that I do with it. And so, you know, one thing led to another and I was able to you know, lend my support for some of the work you're doing. And here we are today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the message I want to share is if you find someone that you cross paths with on, on social media, don't be shy to reach out and say, hey, how can we collaborate? How can I help you? How can you help me? How can we work together to create something great in the field of education? And it, I, when I first did that to people, it felt awkward and weird. But the more you do it, you realize, you know, educators love to help. They love to serve and they're not going to find it odd that you've never met each other and now you're wanting to talk. <laughs> so just I encourage everyone listening to whoever you follow and that you resonate with, reach out because you just never know what you will be able to create together. You know, that is 100% true. You know, when educators are putting themselves out there, whether it's through Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever platform that they're doing, they're wanting to, number one, show some of the great stuff they're doing in the classroom, but they're also wanting to help educators. And so there are thousands, probably even millions of educators out there using some sort of social media platform. And all you have to do is really just say, you know, just introduce yourself, you know, like what they're doing, leave a comment, invest in some of the stuff they're doing. And you can really build some great partnerships, have some great PD, and really build great friendships with educators all over the world. And so it is what you put into it. And so if you know you find that group that um, really resonates and supports you, you can really go far with it. Yeah, 100%. So you were mentioning your classroom role now. What have you taught before? Or what led you to what you're doing now? Well, that's that's a funny story. Um, when I was in college, I my major was social science education, so I wanted to be a high school history teacher, and and I wanted to coach baseball. And so when I student taught, I taught high school history, um, and so and I and I loved it, and I and I was good at it. I had great reviews, great rapport with the students, the teachers, and, you know, I felt like I was really on my way to doing what I wanted to do. Well, I coach football as well, but I don't coach varsity football. And so you kind of have to do that, mm -hmm. especially where I live to get that um, social studies teaching position. And so I interviewed for several positions. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, and that's just a part of life. And so one week before the school year started, I took a position as a, as a special education paraprofessional mm -hmm. um, where I co-taught. I supported stu uh, students um, with IEPs. And so I really fell in love with special education. And I really found myself teaching SPED. And I learned about it, how to do it. I learned on the job. And I was teaching as well. I was coaching. And so I don't tell people that I found SPED. SPED found me. And so mm -hmm. I love what I do. I love leading. Um, this is my seventh year. I'm a department chair. I've got my master's. And I'm starting my doctorate in the summer of 2021. And so it's really taken off. And I would not be the educator and the person 
I am today without teaching special education. Oh, that makes me tear up. That's so beautiful. What What do you think it's taught you? What would be the best lesson you've learned working in special education? Well, you learn a lot of patience. Um, <laughs> That's 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 a big thing as well. You are you are working with students at a variety of levels. You're going to have some students that are very high functioning. And you're going to have some students that are very low functioning. You're also going to be working with parents and stakeholders that are very involved. And you know the biggest thing I can tell people, not just you know teaching special education, but teaching in general, is to build relationships, not just with your students but with all stakeholders. And so I really build strong partnerships with their, with their parents. Um, and really we work together and we, we communicate all the time and we really, we really have that, um, that consistent flow of communication and with parents, you know, that's, that's an area that can scare, you know, teachers, especially young teachers, because, you know, they hear horror stories of, you know, difficult parents. 90% of parents you're going to encounter are going to be positive. They're going to, you know, they just want you to support, they just want you to support their son or daughter. And then you're going to have some parents that may be a little bit more difficult, um, but they, they, they just may struggle with how to communicate their wishes. And then there are those parents here and there that um, can make things a little difficult and you just work with them the best you can. And so, um, you know, I've learned relationships, I've learned patience, I've learned a variety of teaching styles, um, whether it's project-based, inquiry-based, um, student-led learning, you know, I can teach a number of different classes and I can teach a number of different ways. And so, you know, I've been told I'm kind of the Swiss army knife when it comes to teaching <laughs> a variety of classes. And so, you know, I really feel that, you know, in my role, I'm kind of that package of whatever you need in the classroom, I can provide that. That is so great. And I know we were talking about partnerships. I think that's essential in any educator being able to have an impact on a child is that partnership but in terms of you leading your grade level and you've got to meet, you know, a lot of different educators in doing so, would you say there are certain characteristics that make an educator great? Absolutely. You know, you know, you can ask that question to a thousand different educators and you're going to get a thousand different answers. And so when it comes to me, when it comes to being a great educator, number one, it's extremely important to me. I take what I do very seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about somebody that's a great educator, I look at somebody that has a passion for teaching and a passion for, you know, really helping our youth become better citizens for tomorrow. I look at somebody who's a relationship builder, not just with their students, but with stakeholders. I look at somebody who's a communicator, you know, especially in my role, you know, I'm talking with teachers in science and math and ELA, you know, you could teach science and never talk to anybody from ELA. That's not possible in my role. I have to talk with so many different educators, counselors, administrators, and so, you have to be a communicator. I look at somebody who is innovative and takes chances. 
um, you're going to have some lessons that don't go okay. And that's okay. The fact of the matter is that you took that chance, you took that opportunity, and you know you tried something. And so I really, I really like educators that take those chances. And I look at somebody who has that growth mindset. You know, tomorrow I want to be better than I was today, and then the following day I want to be better. And so, really striving to be better really, really stands out to me. So really those qualities being the communicator, the relationship builder, innovator, growth mindset, you know, those are things to me that make a great educator. And I've been very fortunate to meet educators that are like that, you know, whether it's in person who I work with or um, who I've met via social media. And so it's really, really gets me pumped and it really gets me excited when I can encounter those educators, learn from them, and really take some of the things that they do and bring it to my classroom. And hopefully I have an impact on them where they can take some of the things I do and bring it to their classroom as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking specifically about people listening to you right now, we have a couple buckets of teachers. I always call it that because they're different categories. Like we've got new teachers who are listening and you've given some great advice. Teachers transitioning into different roles and um, kind of distressed, especially with COVID. And then we've got teacher leaders similar to yourself and, and me. So if you could pick any one of them to speak directly to, give a really personal piece of advice who would you pick and what would you say to them okay um with that for a new teacher first of all you made a great choice thank you for listening and hopefully you know what with with what yourself and I are talking about has an impact on you and just know that we are here to help we are here to support you we are here to guide you we're here to coach you and we're here to listen you're gonna have days where you're going to ask yourself, am I cut out for this? You're going to have days where you're going to think you have a great lesson and it doesn't go the way you, you hoped. And you're going to have days where they're just going to be phenomenal. And so really maintain that positive mindset. Just know that every day is a new day. Every day is a new day to grow. And every day is a day to have an impact. And that's a hundred percent true. And so that's what really I can speak to for a new teacher and just really reach out because there's so many educators out there that want to help and will help and support you. Um, for a distressed teacher, listen, we're human, you know, we're, it's impossible to feel happy at all times. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be some days where, you know, it, Teaching is really going to challenge you. And just the fact that many teachers that are distressed, you know, are more seasoned vets, you know, they may have a family at home, you know, so there's a lot of other factors that can play into, you know, kind of that distressed feeling and just know that, you know, you're not alone. What you're feeling is 100% natural because you're human. And so know that those feelings aren't always going to be there. And so what I can say to a teacher, teacher that is distressed is to be is to be a little selfish you know you have to take care of you first because if you can't or don't take care of you your students aren't going to get the best version of yourself so whether it's adopting 
you know, mindfulness, which is something that is an extremely, extremely important part of my daily life. You know, just sitting and breathing for 10 seconds, reading, getting away from school. Just find that time to fill your bucket so you can be the best version of yourself, you know, to your students. And also know that, like with new teachers, there are tons and tons of educators that are here ready to help you. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's good. Um, and thinking about your journey and making sure you're you're learning just as much as you're able to give advice, do you have a mentor? Is there someone that you go to either at your school site or we were talking before about Twitter? Where do you go to get fed and, and to learn more? You know, I have been very fortunate to work with great teachers throughout my career. Um, you know, I have worked with teachers that have done some great things that, I, that I've tried in my classroom and I picked their brain. I've also worked with teachers that, you know, weren't the best, whether it was personality-wise or what they did in the classroom, and I learned not to do those things in my classroom. And so I'm grateful to work with those because you learn – to, you learn to see what is good teaching, what is good relationship building, and then you also see things that ah, I'm probably not going to go that route. Okay. And so, and I've also worked with great administrators. And so, really, my current administration staff, you know, really cares about you as a person and, and invested in you and how you are doing. And so, I'm in, I am incredibly grateful for the support they have. Um, and also the number of educators that I've been able to touch base with online that has helped me grow as an educator and as a person. So what about you as well? I think for me, the Twitter chats are really important for me to learn from other people. And then I love getting on the Clubhouse app. Uh, I don't know if you're on that yet, but I've found tons of amazing educators to follow, admin, coaches, and the, the folks still in the classroom. And then in terms of real life, I have found through those conversations one-on-one, -on -one, and I use Voxer to talk with these people to pour into them and they pour into me. But it's funny that a lot of the people that I honestly look to, or look to as a mentor are not folks that I ever taught with or learned from. So that really pushes me to stop thinking it within the walls of your school or your district and really look at you know education as, as a whole. And there's something for everyone out there if you're willing to look. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And like I said before, you're going to get out what you put into it. And so... You can get on a social media platform and be very, very heavily involved, and you're going to get a ton out of it. And, and, and there's some that will have, you know, a platform, but, you know, not be quite as invested and may not get quite as much back. And so you're going to get out exactly what you put in. And, and just the fact that there are a lot of resources and a lot of support out there that is, you know, ready and available to help you. Yeah. Is there anything you subscribe to, like magazines, catalogs, or I mean, conferences are kind of changed now, but is there a place you love to go each and every year to make sure you learn and grow and stay current with what's happening, especially in special education? Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. 
This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. You know, I really, I really love the work that the Teach Better team does. They are based out of Illinois and Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great community of educators that really, they have a variety of outlets. You know, they have the Twitter chats, they have conferences, they have PD, they have speakers, they have something for everybody. And I'll be doing a podcast with them. I'll be doing some writing with them as well. And so that is one of my favorite outlets to go to. I love Edutopia. I love some of the writing that they present. Um, Council of of Exceptional Children is another great outlet just to kind of follow up on what's going on in special education. And there's a lot of great podcasts that are out there. the Staff Room Podcast with Shay and Pav, based out of Toronto, is one of my favorites. I've been friends with them since really, since really the beginning. You know, we kind of took this plunge. We were one of the first um, to kind of be friends with each other, and so it's great to see them continue to grow. And they're j- those are really my top three. I love some of the work you're doing with your with your website and this podcast and so it's it's really great to um be, to keep in touch and follow what these educators are doing yeah and what about you you've given some good ones i'm all about ed leadership and i used to subscribe to magazines but what happens is those have to be made so far in advance to get everything edited and printed that by the time it lands, not that it's not timely or helpful, but I find if I can stay up to date in real time through social media uh, or through a conference, that's just kind of been the way I prefer it. And podcasts, I'm just in love that I can hop around and learn mm-hmm. lots of different topics without having to be stuck in, in one thing. So that that's my favorite for sure. Yeah, and and there's you know speaking on podcasts, there's just there's just something about them. You know, I have a 20 minute drive to school, and so I, you know, hook up my i hook up my phone to it, and I listen to it on the way to and from school, and it's just kind of a nice way to you know get ready for the day and just hearing that voice of an educator. You're hearing up to date. You're hearing great stories. It's just, you know, podcasts have really, really grown on me, you know, in the past, oh, couple of years of just knowledge and, you know, useful items. And so, you know, those are another thing that I really enjoy as well. And I'm wondering, do you like audiobooks? Podcasts are pretty similar, but are you into listening to books on tape? Like education or just novels in general yeah i mean i was thinking education but yeah if there's other things you like to listen to i'm curious you know i i have i have not actually and that's something that you know i want to get more into um what are some of the items you recommend for audiobooks i am not an audiobook person so i would not be the one to ask the reason (laughs) is i love to underline, to highlight, to write in the margins. And even though there is that capability on a screen, it's not the same for me. And the audiobook is easy if you're on the go and listening, which is why I love podcasts. But generally when I want to read a book, it's because I have to digest it and I really need to reread it and I need to 
like have it in my hand. I don't know why I'm weird in that term, but I, my husband loves audiobooks. I just can't get on the bandwagon. No kidding. You know, that's something I'm really, I'm really going to have to look into, especially, you know, for, you know, I'm a big traveler. So, you know, I like to be on the road and, you know, do those sorts of things. So that may be something, you know, I look into, um, I'm, I'm like you, you know, I like to have that highlighter or ink pen where I can underline. <laughs> Currently I'm reading a Renee Brown book, Dare oh, to Lead. She's and so, so I've yes. marked up quite a few areas that really stand out. And so, yeah, we're both weird in that fact, but <laughs> it's great. Um, I want to take a second to just brag on yourself in the classroom. I know it might feel awkward, but the reason I asked guests to do this is it's helpful for us to beg, borrow, and steal ideas from each other. So if I were to ask you, like, what's your best all-star teacher moment in the classroom, what would you say that is? Tell us about that time. You know, when I think about my all-star teaching moments, I, I really can't pinpoint it to one exact moment. My best moments as a teacher is when I am working with my students. They're engaged. You know, I am, I am I'm, a, I'm an educator in the fact that I want my kids up and moving around and interacting with others. And so when I'm doing the lessons and students are up, they're asking questions, they're engaged, they're talking with their peers, um, we're having a class discussion, and I am facilitating learning, you know, whether it's a group project and the students are working. To me, that is what teaching is going to evolve to in the next, if, if we're not there already, we're going to be there very shortly, where teachers are going to be more facilitators of student-led learning. And so when I think about those moments, that's really where I see the most growth in my students because they're working with they're working with their peers, which is something they're going to have to do as adults. They are problem solving. Again, they're doing this now and they're going to have to do it as, a, as adults. And they are really they're reflecting. They are investigating. They are trialing. They're airing. They are really taking control of the learning process and finding the answer to why why does this happen why did you know i teach i teach history and i also teach ela you know why did this happen which led to this and so i really look at student-led agency i look at the facilitation of learning and i look at those times where you know i design these lessons and i and I keep in mind the variety of learning styles and the levels that my students are at and modeling them through it and then watching them go to work on it. It's really, really, you know, a really, really fun time to be a teacher and a fun time for them to be a student because that's when learning is fun. It's challenging, but it's fun. And so it really creates that atmosphere where they already have those strong relationships, you know, with myself or other peers, and they're just – you know, they're working hard and they're learning. Those are, that's what really, what I really love about teaching. I think that's true in terms of watching kids at work. If you set up the environment so that they can excel, teach each other, then you can step back for a minute and just watch it unfold. And it's just truly so beautiful. Uh, I did want to give you a second to talk about what are you currently doing in the field of education? Is there a current project you're working on or a way you're trying to have a bigger impact? I know you mentioned getting your doctorate. That's super exciting. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and right now what I'm currently working on, I'm currently working on my first novel. And what it is, it's called, it's going to be about building effective co-teaching teams. And so as a special educator, um, we've, I've utilized a lot of co-teaching throughout my career. And you're going to see more of it just because you're going to have, there are more and more students that are being identified with an IEP or 504. And, you know, we see such a variety of learning levels in the classroom. And so co-teaching is not only growing, but it's being utilized more. And so what I've done with this novel, I'm about 80% of the way done as of the beginning of 2021 is really explain some foundational cores on how to build an effective co-teaching team. I've also outlined the various co-teaching models. I've explained how I've used them because I've used all these models. I've, you know, explained how you, what it is, how I've used it. I've put in some sample lessons. And I also have an educator spotlight for each model and each section throughout the text where educators from all over the world have contributed of how co-teaching has impacted their classroom how they've used it so again building those partnerships uh, through social media has allowed me to construct this novel and have other educators reach out and want to be a part of it as well so it's something that i am extremely um extremely excited about i get excited talking about it and know that you know a text like this is going to be a very very useful item for educators that are using co-teaching. You know, it's challenging. You know, I make that abundantly clear. You know, co-teaching, when you have two cooks and one kitchen, you know, that you have to build that relationship. And so I explain how and some strategies you can do that. And so I'm really excited to really finish this. Hopefully I'll be done in the next couple of weeks and ha- have it come out you know, when, when the time is appropriate and really um, help educators all over the world. That is amazing. I love the way you set it up. That's going to be so helpful and an interesting read, not just, you know, words on a page. So bravo to you. Well, thank, thank you. And what, what are some of the things you've been working on? So right now we have our teacher leader mastermind that is starting our next cohort. And basically it's like a PLC, a virtual PLC for folks nationwide to come together and hash out any issues they're facing trying to lead teachers to become better in their craft so they can better support students. And it's just the best way I know how to show up and serve and lead. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this story really, but I didn't really know how to become an effective leader. Those who mentored me were assigned. They weren't really passionate about mentorship. They came in with a checklist signed off that they met with me and I never grew. And so the what I like to do in the world of education is show up and be what I wish I had had for myself. And so that's the current thing that I'm doing to make sure that we keep impacting uh, teachers and students. Absolutely. Now, you talked about those mentors that you had where it, it seemed like a checklist and the thing that they had to do. Did you ever ask yourself, you know, why am I not growing or am I doing something wrong? I mean, what are some (laughs) of those feelings that you had going through your head? Well, I basically was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody tell me what to do. And they're like, you're so great. You're a natural. And as nice as that is to hear, 
that doesn't help me. Like it, it, I wasn't perfect. I had ways to grow. I didn't know what to do. And I was in a school that there were a lot of achievement issues. And so because I was able to hold my own, I was left alone, which again is a compliment. However, it doesn't help me grow. So they were dealing with all the other fires happening in the building. And so I became stagnant. I think I could have been so much better had I had some guidance, some help in terms of instructional strategies and classroom management and student engagement would have definitely been helpful for me. And so when I think of, okay, what is it I needed? I needed someone to come elbow to elbow with me, which they did. They came in for a meeting, but it was just so not really inspiring or personalized. It was just, hey, we have open house this day, this time. Do you have this ready? And although that helped me make sure I was getting duties done, it never pushed me in terms of my instruction to be better and to make me think of why I was doing what I was doing and what I needed to do instead and push me to think of a different way to reach some troubled students or to create those parent partnerships like you were talking about before. Uh, so I, I really just try and think, what is it I needed? Why did I feel that way? and become that support. And sometimes folks say exactly like what I said, I don't even know what I need. I just know I need something. And I'm like, great. Like, let's start going through your day and thinking about where you hit your first obstacle. And let's go through that together. It's just really been helpful. And I feel like I'm giving back to my to myself that the way I had really wanted some support. And I did figure it out and teachers will figure it out. But why? Why do you have to go the hard way if you don't have to? Yeah. And, you know, you make a great point and it's just, you know, I'm one of those and and you may be the same as well. You know, we're adults, we're professionals. Just tell us what we did, where we need to go and let's, let's work to get there. You know, just be honest with me. And, you know, if I did an awesome lesson, great, but what are some of the things that really stood out? You know, that way I know that person is, is invested in what I am doing, not just, looking at it as, you know, more of a formality. And, you know, I want to, I want to work with somebody that has that relationship because they're taking that time to be invested in me because I'm taking that time to be invested with them. And so that relationship, you know, is so important. I'm sure it felt, you know, different having somebody come in that, you didn't really know or maybe didn't quite reach out to you, you know, and how you are doing and some of the things, you know, you're bringing to the classroom. So, you know, it's tough to build that trust and really take what that person is saying, you know, and use it in practice. And so when I think back to my mentor times, you know, one of the things that I have found the most effective having a mentor is asking why you know i did this part of the of the lesson why did you do that what were you hoping to achieve did you get there well here are some things that you can do to get there and so really not not exactly playing devil's advocate but just asking why did you do this what is your goal here are some resources that are available or some strategies yeah you're pushing that reflection and and that's super important and i think when i got to the point in my career where I stopped growing, I was kind of plateauing, that reflection piece would have been really helpful. And speaking of that, I did want to ask you, and I tend to close out our conversation with this, how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? Well, number one, I read. 
I read a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, I love going to the bookstore and really investing myself in text, whether it is on mindfulness, which is ex- something that's extremely important to me. Um, leadership, my administrator has given me, which I'm incredibly grateful for, to give me a text on leading with equity. Um, so I read a lot and I just, I, I, I love it. You know, I tell my students, you know, you, you know, when I was at your age, I didn't exactly like reading, even though my mom made me do it every night, but it's, it's a matter of finding what you enjoy, you know, whether it's a hunting magazine or a sports magazine or whatever, finding what you like to read and really taking and running with it. It doesn't have to be a, a novel. It doesn't have to be Shakespeare, but it can just be something that you enjoy reading. So reading is something that's very important to me. I read a ton of history. Um, got some pretty nice Christmas gifts um, on some history texts. Um, again, podcasting, having conversations like me and you are having. This is just, you know, I could sit for hours and just talk shop with, you know, great educators like yourself and others all over the world. And that's something that really I'm passionate about is having that impact and just building those relationships. And so I've built a, I've been very fortunate to build a great support staff that I can go to, you know, both in person at my school and virtually as well. And so I'm very lucky. I'll say that I'm very, very lucky. And I want to be able to share this with as many educators as possible. Well, great. I'm so glad to hear it. And on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you so much for your time. Can you tell us how can we connect with you? Email, social media, if you have a website. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter, Dustin Pearson, and then the number two, no spaces. It's D-U-S-T-I-N. P-E-A-R-S-O-N. I also have a website, weareoneteameducation.wordpress.com. I will blog on it. I've also posted um, articles from other educators that have written for me. And I've been a little behind on it just because with coaching and just, you know, the stress with the school year mm-hmm. and the rigor of it. So um, a lot of information on that. I also have a YouTube channel. Um, we are one team where I've posted interviews like the one me and you are having where we're talking some of the great things we're doing in their classroom again i've been a little behind on there but i but i i'm always talking with educators and really learning from them my texts that i'm writing um about building effective co-teaching teams and i'm always always available to answer questions i want to help you i want you, i want to help you be a better educator i want to help you be a better person and really you know, my job here is to serve and to help. And so you can always email me at D as in dog Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N, 1616 at outlook.com. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad you've got a lot of great things coming up, adding tons of value to education space. So I am so thankful for you and appreciate this conversation today. Absolutely. And thank you so much for, for letting me talk and Again, I hope you and your family have had a great holiday season as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, Elite Educators, did you not find that so inspiring and interesting 
the way that he leads students and leads his colleagues. He's certainly passionate and followed his heart to go the special education route. And I just think the world of folks that can have that much patience and determination and to really partner together with parents. So I admire Dustin so much and I'm thankful for him being on the show and sharing his story. Everything he mentioned will be in the show notes. So be sure to go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast. You'll find this episode and all the links to everything he shared will be right there for you. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Dustin Pearson. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 